This episode of the Blue Hawaii Podcast is brought to you by Homebrew in Paradise. Homebrew in Paradise, your one-stop shop for all your beer, wine, cider, and fermented food-making needs. That's uh, 740 Mo'ova Street, Kalihikai. Mention the Blue Hawaii Podcast. Get 10% off all starter kits and recipes. Homebrew in Paradise. Go check them out, y'all. Blue Hawaii. You remember that? So there's the Chinese blessing slash curse about may you live in interesting times. I, I used it this week, actually. Yeah. Or... uh. Historic. This has been a historic week. Not exactly the history we hope for. No, but how often uh, do you live through like defining moments in world history and the decline of a of an empire? Yeah, I mean, well, I was really impressed to see that they were actually showing uh, full on uh, fellatio on television at the Helsinki summit. I, I thought that was against censor standards. Well. For such a notorious germaphobe as Donald Trump, uh, he sure didn't have any resi- no. <laughs> any hesitations about. Anyways, uh, let's quickly just to encapsulate the week. Uh, a statement from our uh, resolute uh, vice president, Mr. Mike Pence, uh, from Twitter. Our POTUS is now on his way home from a historic trip to Europe, and the truth is, over the last week. The world saw once again that President Trump stands without apology as the leader of the free world. What a show. Do you remember that time <laughs> that he uh do you remember the time that he went to the DMZ and glared? And he just cause he said, quote, they needed to see the resolve on her faces. Yeah. And so he just frowned in the general all, direction of North Korea. That really showed him. Yeah. That all, all you need to know, listeners, all you I'm need to know. I'm surprised it didn't denuclearize right then. <laughs> all you need to know about Mike Pence is uh, back before he ran for Congress, when he was just a uh, Rush Limbaugh on Ambien, a talk show host in rural Indiana, um, he wrote, he penned a screed, a scathing op-ed about the political correctness run amok of Disney's Mulan uh, and the fact that uh, Asian people w- had stories. The fact, Asian telling stories about Asian people is one thing, but to have women and men together in the military, I mean. That's an invitation. You know how, I mean... You know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Eventually, they're going right. to... The same thing that... Defeat you know. the evil hunts. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's... Nobody wants that. And, and, but, but there'll be sin along the way. Wow. Uh, speaking of sin... Yes. Uh, your mom may be sinned a oh, little bit. The sin of wrath. The sin of wrath. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, listeners, we... we as you know, we get political on this show. Um, it's called the, I mean, blue is in the name. Yeah. Um, Emily from the Connie Inc. campaign, I would like to send an apology to you if you're listening. And prayers. Uh, We're sending prayers and apologies. Listeners, in, in the year of our Lord, 2018, uh, we've moved beyond, you know, door knocking, get out the vote rallies. And a lot of people are trying to reach uh, their voters by text. Uh, and my mom uh, shared this text with me. Uh, and I will just I'll just go ahead and read the conversation that my mom had with uh, Emily may, may not be her real name. I hope it's not. Uh, uh, but anyway, all right, set the scene. Aloha. This is Emily, volunteer for Kaniela Ng for Congress. He's the only one not accepting corporate money. Can we count on your vote? My mother's response. No way. He should be in jail. <laughs> Unbelievable he has the nerve to run. 
listened to him, read exactly how he misused money, then heard him ask for reduction in fine because it would be, quote, a hardship on his family, would the average person on the street get off as easily as he? I think not. Either he has no integrity, in my opinion, or he needs to lead, or he needs to learn what the word means. Please do not text me again. Thank you. That's, ladies and gentlemen, Carolyn Michaels. <laughs> Let's do the job. Yeah. We often hear Holly meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced to a foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is Haole. I'm Leilani Poliahu. Ahui ho. Haole. Welcome to Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And today we've got a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful show for you. Uh, we also have uh, a couple of friends stopping by it's for the first half of the show. Right yeah, we've got uh, Will Carone and Mr. Nate Hicks from... Nathaniel. Uh, Nathaniel Hicks. Excuse me. Nathaniel Hicks, as his family calls him, specifically his mom, uh, from People to the Polls in Living Wage, Hawaii. Uh, they're here this week uh, sort of co-sponsoring a uh, event to help get out the vote here in Hawaii called People to the Polls. It's at Alamoana Beach Park on August 4th. You'll actually hear, we're going to do a fuller interview with them next week. Uh, but here today, they're just stopping by to sit and BS about news and the yeah. state of the world. So, gentlemen, welcome to the show. Yeah. Thank you very much. And they'll Coming up after, uh, after we chat with them, we'll do a little news recap. They'll uh, lend us some sassy comments. And then you'll hear an interview uh, with Beth Fukumoto, who is running for Congressional District 1 currently vacating her house state hawaii house of representatives seat uh and part of the six candidate fray that will be resolved on august 11th she's got a great story she's very interesting i i really like that interview and with her as somebody yourself who has made the transition from the right side of the aisle to the left side of the aisle you probably resonate a little bit with her story too. yeah I think. absolutely yeah i uh i definitely i definitely see myself in that in a, in a couple of ways so, yeah. uh, so more on that later yeah but let's first, jump in yeah, let's talk about some sports. Sports. So, listeners, uh, we bombarded you over the last month and a half with uh, World Cup stories, a little bit of you know what's going on in the world's most popular game. Thank God that's over. But let's talk. Uh, the U.S. men's national team did not make it to Russia. They embarrassed us. They are our, our shame, the black sheep of our family. Let's talk about America's most successful sports enterprise, the U.S. women's national soccer team. Where the real athletes are. Yeah, the real champions, the real MVPs. So, uh, did you see where, uh, was it Sidney LaRue? Yeah. She's married to a guy named Dom Dwyer. Oh, yeah. And he, he was, said, one day, one day it's it. coming home. Yeah. And then she said it already is. Look in the trophy case. Like, <laughs> oh. So, yeah. so uh, uh, Jaylene Hinkle, uh, was called up for an upcoming game for the U.S. Women's National Team this July. Uh, and this is newsworthy because she has not played for the team since last June, June 2017. As you know, June is Pride Month. Uh, and that Pride Month, uh, the Soccer Federation had uh, not rainbow-colored shirts, but the numbers on the jerseys were rainbow-colored. It's too much rainbow. Too much rainbow. And she... Uh, she had design differences, I think. She said, you evil sodomites... Uh, I will not join this team. She went on the 700 Club with Pat Robertson. Said like he said it probably. He probably he, said Sodom. He probably said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, he said Jesus doesn't want me to play soccer because Jesus doesn't like rainbows. Um, you know, uh, ignoring the fact that uh, the, the coach of the U.S. Women's National Team isn't is a lesbian, an out lesbian. Um, there are several uh, LGBT players 
uh, within U.S. women's soccer. And women's sports in general is considered a safe space, more of a safe space for LGBT athletes. Uh, well, specifically L athletes. I well, think yes. I, I don't think it's very no, safe for not, gay athletes, but for we still have toxic masculinity. Adam, excuse me, toxic masculinity issues. Know, Adam uh, Adam Rippin, the figure skater, he's probably fine. I think figure skating is another safe space. I think yeah. it's, it's probably sport dependent. I think women's we're sports get, in we're general. Gonna take, we're going to take some heat for this. Yeah, listeners, we're we're trying. We're we're not trying to be offensive. We're just we're just clumsy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It, it's like if you grew up in evangelical culture, like I understand why you would have that belief if yeah. that's all you'd ever heard. But if you're Jalen Hinkle, like your teammates are. A lot of them are gay. Your coach is gay. Your fan. What about the fans? The fans are How probably are you supposed to feel probably if, not her fans. They're right. probably not gay. But like, you need to, for lack of a better term, or maybe for appropriateness of term, you need to put that belief back in the closet. So uh, other sports news: um, Steph Curry, world's greatest shooter, uh, basketball all star phenom, he has an interesting new venture. Uh, Ryan, tell us about it. Vulture reports that Steph Curry is uh, set to make a film called Church Hoppers, a Wedding Crashers-esque comedy about a jilted groom who takes his pals along with him as he navigates the church scene in search of a new bride. Will, Nate, uh, how does that relate to your own quest for courtship? (laughs) Interesting. I feel like it's a a story of my life, to be honest. Yeah. That's why I got into Jesus, so I could find a a mate. Just hopping church to church? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to find... What good is Christianity if it's not to find wives? You yeah. know what I mean? Are yeah. you are you going to see this movie? Uh, uh, well, I don't believe in religion. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll probably go see it. Sure. No, I won't. I won't. I definitely there's, won't. There's like once per year, like a like. There's this whole sub genre of like Christian art. It's basically just like. So like, Jalen Hinkle is going to see this movie. Oh yeah, guarantee. It's basically like regular like mainstream art, except it's way worse. So like. Uh, like Christian rock. Yeah. Exactly. Christian music is like the the basically the the archetype of that sort of thing so like uh britney spears came out in the 90s christianity was like we got stacy Rico, and then Ooh. like exactly <laughs> okay you've faith never plus heard one faith, faith yeah. plus one exactly yeah like uh we all know who they're talking about yeah <laughs> so uh movies are a special type of awful <laughs> yeah. where somehow about once per year a movie comes out either starring in or starring uh or produced by kurt cameron and huh. somehow there's always Dennis Quaid in it and it's always awful, but everybody goes and sees it out of religious obligation and it like does just well enough to encourage them to make another awful movie. Uh, Wasn't a Mel Gibson coming out with Passion of the Christ too? <laughs> He's not dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the story, That's right? the whole, yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Literally, actually. Yeah. Um, I never saw Passion of the Christ. Me neither. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I mean, I've read the book. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. How um? How do you feel Which about better? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the book is always better, but it does. You know, has it lost something in translation from the original Aramaic? I don't. Well, I don't know. I think it was. It was written in. I thought it was written in American. It was written in in standard American English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just. How do you feel about Veggie Tales? Veggie Tales? Yeah. <laughs> I what's the the theme song is infectious. It is. It's infectious. Right. I don't want to sing it on air. Well, if you like to talk, walk, talk to, to tomatoes, tomatoes, yeah, yeah. If, if a squash can make you smile, if you like to walk with potatoes up and down the produce aisle. 
Then have we got a show for you. Yeah, we need that. That's how it goes. Now we do the drop. No, no, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... Veggie Tales is a is a pretty good way of so basically conveying Steph, stories. Steph Curry wants to make Wedding Crashers cross with Veggie Tales for adult Veggie like yeah. adult Veggie. That's what I remember seeing every time I see a Vince Vaughn or Owen Wilson movie. I think this needs more Christianity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how you would make a a Christian version of Wedding Crashers because yeah. it was all about sleeping around. It was all about just getting laid. Yeah. That, so, that doesn't seem to bother them. The the dis the dis uh, disconnect there doesn't seem to bother them too much these days. A lot of like slow motion like really hot sweaty like hand holding that goes on <laughs> yeah and church church mm. hoppers mm. um let's talk a little bit about global news uh this week we saw a gl- our president quite figuratively fillet a global leader uh and at the same time discredit all of our intelligence apparatus and that's not good um and he humiliated everybody on the world stage just one week after insulting all of our allies to their faces and then uh, continued it up with a, another uh, funny twist and turn in his ongoing saga of affairs with porn stars. Uh, and it also came out that his own attorney had recorded him doing that, his fixer attorney. So, you know, just another day in the history of American presidency. Yeah, just like how all the other presidents did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I read a, a uh, tweet by said president uh, today, and I did this because I have a real high capacity for pain. Um, he said, quote, inconceivable that the government would break into a lawyer's office early in the morning, almost unheard of, even more inconceivable that a lawyer would tape a client, totally unheard of and perhaps illegal, the good news is that your favorite president did nothing wrong. To which I would say, you're right. No one ever accused Barack Obama of doing anything wrong. Well, there was that one time he wore a tan suit. That's true. Yeah. You remember when that was our biggest scandal, guys? Yeah. Yeah. If only. Oh, yeah. uh, no. We tried to give too many poor people health care. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I would. God, I miss milk toast, aloof, technocratic centrism. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, any global news to bring up today? Mm. Worldwide. It's happening on our big blue ball that we all share. Well, I noticed uh, the Republicans voted to resolve that uh, they're against a carbon tax. That's true. Which they're also against the Endangered Species Act, apparently. Against what? The Endangered Species those, Act. The those, Department of the Interior, anyway. Those yeah. bald eagles need yeah. to stop freeloading. They need to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's incredibly important since uh, carbon tax is well known to be probably the largest uh, policy that we can implement to uh, combat climate change. Oh, who cares? We'll all be dead soon. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm really hopeful that people start discussing how great carbon tax is and really starts getting a, a attention because uh, Republicans, Republican leaders, James Baker, George Schultz, there are actually a lot of like uh, right-leaning people that uh, are supportive of carbon tax, and we need to start having this conversation because nobody is. Mm-hmm. We're instead talking about plastic straws. I don't know why yeah. that's the dominating... I mean, plastic term. straws are... are you know, not that greatest, but yeah. yeah, carbon tax, carbon tax. The Democratic Party of Hawaii supports carbon tax. We, uh, we passed a resolution uh, just this past May okay. in support of that. How yeah. long until Carbon Tax Hawaii is an official nonprofit? Well, we'll running? see if Living Wage can get passed and then uh, <laughs> rev up the engines again. <laughs> uh, one, one step at a time, one step at a time. One more uh, piece of national news, and I, I think this one sort of got buried. Um, was it Marina... Marina Butova. Oh yeah, there's a spy, a Russian spy in the NRA. And yeah, and so 
Basically, it came out that there was a Russian spy in the NRA who had infiltrated very deeply into conservative circles. And uh, just as we were about to find out uh, where the money that she was paid with went to, uh, the Republicans passed a bill within 24 hours to make it uh, to make it no longer mandatory that nonprofits disclose their donors. So we no longer will have any ability to know uh, who's donating money to the NRA, who's donating money to, say, uh, the Free Enterprise Institute or Americans for Prosperity or any of those other right-wing uh, Russia commingled organizations. And our whole government just got a lot less transparent. Yay. Okay. Yeah. So we got uh do you want to tell uh, you want to tell your Montgomery story? We've got two other millennials here. Yeah. So one last piece <laughs> of uh slightly national news, uh, but not we're really. Go- we're going from culture war to class war. Now we're at age war. Yeah. So my hometown, uh it's a very large city uh called Montgomery, Alabama. Uh it's got about 300,000 people in it and they have a small minor league baseball team, single A affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, they, as many minor league teams do, are running a silly promotion. This one's called Millennial Night. So everyone who comes in gets a uh, participation ribbon. Uh, oh, there are safe spaces throughout the stadium is- and they promise lots of free stuff. <laughs> These are the best, the, basically the best of- uh, That's a great promotion. 2013, That's- That's- the best of 2013 conservative Facebook memes. Are yes. the, yeah, so, yeah. well, the crazy thing is like- This millennial starter kit night is really-, yeah. is really Do you is. think that like the majority of people that go to your games are not families? And do you think that baby boomers are still having kids? Because they're all like 60 now. Like- if your your primary growth market is millennials, but like in this weird, toxic, like self hating sort of way, they've made it like the meme du jour and like a proving ground. If you as a young person say, "I hate millennials," they're all whiny and all they want is free stuff. So it actually may not backfire on them. And regardless, it's it's accomplishing the primary goal, which is to get people talking about the Montgomery minor league baseball team, yeah. which we are now doing all the way in Hawaii. It's just you know. Capital uh, accomplished. Conservatism, yeah. libertarianism, it's only sustainable if you convince enough people to blame people who blame people for the circumstances they're in uh, as like personal pathological failings as opposed to the fact that no, we were all born into a screwed up system. Well, because otherwise, like yeah. the idea of conservatism Bootstraps. sort of just collapses yeah. under its own weight, it's, right? No, it's selfish people wanting to keep the rich and powerful rich and powerful. I don't I have a joke here. That's, that's just it's just fact. That's just honest. Yeah. 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 Uh, the only other thing my town is known for, other than bad baseball promotions, is racism. <laughs> Dr. Martin Luther King and a small little uh, multinational empire called Flea Market Montgomery. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the the commercials. Flea Montgomery. Oh I'm snap! Talking about Flea Market. That's my hometown. I remember the song. Yeah. He went on Ellen. He did the dance. I think it was like 2009 or something yeah. like that. Uh, guy got real big. Uh, I think he was subsequently indicted for several uh, charges, mostly federal. Uh, Flea Market Montgomery, which I have visited, uh, just to say I did. It, it is absolutely a flea market where it's just like a mini mall, except everything is pretty much stolen. <laughs> so, uh, Interesting yeah. twist. Yeah, yeah. Good, it, good business model. The plot thickens. Uh, so uh, I'm here that uh, you know if we we're going to put together a promotion, we're going to put together Boomer Night at the ballpark. <laughs> uh, Boomer Night at the ballpark where you get in for free. Uh, because your parents paid for you for you yeah yeah with, your parents uh, left with you a ton of money in some cases. With, yeah 
the seventh inning, instead of the stretch, you send us to go die in a pointless, unwinnable war. Uh, and the eighth and ninth inning, uh, you retire, and we have to take care of you. And then the and tenth inning, you get to trash the ballpark the whole time yeah. you're there too. <laughs> the tenth inning exactly is. Burn oh, by the, the way, the ballpark is completely ruined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, ballpark's on fire. And you all have to live here until it. The until ballpark's you die. on fire. Go figure out a way for us to get to a new ballpark yeah. somewhere yeah. else in the galaxy. Yeah. Oh, and there, uh, I guess somehow also all the other ballparks around the world. The boomers like blew those up first, and then the fans from those ballparks are trying to get into all bar park. Oh yeah, because ours is the only safe one. But like the boomers won't let them in. But then so, actually, there's but see, ballparks. If we build a higher wall, we won't have any home runs anymore. So that's yeah. a real problem. Oh. Actually, there's ballparks apparently that are like just to, like the northeast of us that are doing quite well, and everybody has free healthcare and a great <laughs> education. Yeah. But those ballparks only work because of we're just gonna blame racial homogeneity. Yeah. But we're not sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, screw you, Montgomery news? Biscuits. Should we talk about local news before we... Uh, the, yeah, let's do wait, some local the biscuits? News. Yeah, dude. Montgomery that's Biscuits. Their, oh, that's man. the team name, the Montgomery Biscuits. Oh, man. Yeah. They, no have, they have absolutely no right to be trash-talking anyone. I know. I, I don't know who came up with the name Biscuits. There are so many other good names. Like all the animals, just for starters. <laughs> yeah. Biscuits. The Montgomery, and, the Montgomery Clansman. And it looks... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the, Montgomery bo- uh, the Montgomery Bus Boycotts? Yeah. The, dude, it would be... <laughs> The yes. So the 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 seal of the city, like you know, it's like on the official stuff. Uh, it says this. It's like concentric circles at one part, and it says uh, it says cradle of the Confederacy, and then the other side says birthplace of civil rights. Oh man. Yeah, I know, right? Talk about talk about lying. Cognitive dissonance. <laughs> my gosh. Anyway, uh, let's do a little uh, local news? little local news. So we'll start out with a with a sad story yeah. though. You guys hear about uh, the uh, police officer on the yeah, Big Island who yeah, was shot to death? Yeah. yeah. So a crazy guy whose name that we are not going to mention, uh, he basically was extradited to Hawaii, uh, made bail, and while he was out, shot uh, Big Island police officer Bronson Kaliloa to death, and that's obviously incredibly sad. Yeah. Um, Married. Screw three, that guy. Three kids, three yeah. foster kids. Yeah. Uh, his wow. parents were still alive as well, too, I think. Yeah. He just seems like an amazing yeah. human being. And then wow. multi-day, like, multi-day fugitive manhunt mm-hmm. on the Big Island ended with uh, another shootout, shootout, another cop getting shot, and the, the original perp getting killed, mm-hmm. which is some wild-ass shit Ooh, for dude, Hawaii. That, yeah, yeah. Does not, this is not happening. If, if I was thinking about it, though, like, yeah. I have a feeling that from the moment he ran... I feel like Big Island PD was like, "We're gonna kill that guy. He's he's not coming back he's, alive." He's dead. Yeah. He's dead man. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, of course. And the, this is on the Big Island. This is the same week. A literal lava bomb fell through the roof of a tour boat and injuring twenty-two people. Oh my so, God. wow. Big it's Island. just getting it's popping off over on Big Island right yeah, now, to say the least. Uh, do you guys know? I'm gonna take a guess at what year the first ever police officer death was recorded on the Big Island. Mm, 2018. No. 1976. 1918, 100 years ago. Wow. And not to laugh, you know, uh, not to laugh at. uh, So it wasn't Larry Mayhow related then? No. Okay. Well, unless maybe his grandfather. Ah. Uh, You know, not to laugh at uh, law enforcement officers dying in the line Mm. of duty, but this is the cause of death. Uh, He was struck over the head with an Ohia branch, which is a very. Tough way to go. That's Mm. a very big island way to die. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a myth. That's pretty incredible all right so in more hawaii-based news uh Wait, question where yeah. was this guy extradited from vegas oh. yeah for uh possession of meth <laughs> meth is not a. I mean i i don't think that we have to say this to most of our listeners but just in case 
Don't, don't do, do meth. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Like there's so many other drugs that you should do before meth. Yeah. And just like stick with them. Mm-hmm. Um, meth is very Can low. Can we go into specific? <laughs> no. Meth is very low down on the totem pole yeah. of drugs that you should do. Um, it's like just like a step above bleach. <laughs> so uh, back in more Hawaii news. Oh, yeah. Did you guys see the latest governor poll? Uh, I saw one that had EA up by three points or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So he... Uh, he has erased the big deficit yeah. um, from his the first poll that showed him down 20. 20, yeah. Wow. Uh, a plurality think he's the most trustworthy candidate running this year and rate him highest for leadership ability. Hmm. Uh, without getting into, Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. Without, but without getting into you know the many flaws of the poll, for example, they're only calling landlines. Uh, we're not sure about like the margin of error or anything. Mm. It's uh, probably pretty high. Also, pretty high. they didn't do the last poll. That was a civil beat right. poll, wasn't yeah. it? Right. So it's their two different sources. Yeah. So like I, I was I was telling Josh the other day, I, I read this uh five thirty eight article, which is Nate Silver's website. Mm-hmm. I talk about it a lot. It's a great source of political news. It's mm-hmm. fact based. Um they were he was talking about how inherently unreliable state level polls are. And he said the most unreliable are small newspaper polls. Mm-hmm. So my personal thought is that I think Congresswoman Hanabus is still up. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably a smaller lead than it was, like maybe five percent or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't, the, I don't trust the Star Advertiser poll as far as I could throw it. The further well, we get away from the, like the missile stuff, people are like, ah. Also, yeah. yeah, why is she not talking about that more? Like, why is she not? I saw yesterday she took a position, like a pro marijuana legalization position, which I thought was very interesting because we asked her that question quite pointedly in our interview with her, and I thought she was pretty non-committal. So I, I was very impressed that she said she was pro legalization, but her like answer, they're both trying to play the middle ground. Yeah. Well, and at that point, you guys are. I mean, if I'm if I'm looking at the race, I'm like, you guys are both the same person, basically. Mm-hmm. You both say you're progressive. You both are probably a little more centrist than you're letting on. And like, what is the differentiating factor? And I think saying something like cannabis could create a hundred million dollars of extra revenue for our economy per year. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. I'd stick yeah. with that. What do you guys think? I mean, in terms of what the difference is, I think I've heard that uh, people um, that I generally trust their judgment on believe that David Ige is more fair um, so and easier to work with in that way, um, less about the pay-to-play um, old boys sort of network of politics here. Um, and that's that, that can be an important distinction, I think. Um, but uh, Nate, do you want to talk a little bit about what we just, just heard on the debate, the most recent debate? No? No? Um, well, the minimum wage issue, um, I think, is obviously incredibly important. Um, and on the most recent PBS debate, uh, Ige talked about, and it was very confusing, saying that uh, small businesses would continue to be exempted from uh, the minimum wage requirement. They should not be exempted from that. Uh, well, and they and they aren't. So the continuing, the verb oh. choice was very odd as well. Maybe he meant like like server wages and things like that like they won't have to make 15 an that's, hour that's what we were trying to figure yeah, out yeah <laughs> we're really not sure but well, it was very confusing we may be having an interview with him it's still in the negotiation process mm, so yeah. maybe we'll get to ask him about that mm. uh, and listeners uh send in all your questions what would you want to know from governor david Ige? uh and hopefully we'll get stuck to him um other local news less controversial but still potentially controversial uh chick-fil-a coming to Mililani. oh no yeah <laughs> well i mean it's yeah. Mililani, so yeah Sorry, Milani. I chicken is good, dude. Chick Fil A is dope. Yeah. The they, the sandwiches are delicious. Yeah, they lost. I mean, the merit. I'm like, I'm just running up the scoreboard at this point. The sandwiches are delicious. Gay marriage is the law of the land. 
is it, is well, it okay Dan for Kathy, progressives to eat at Chick-fil-A now? I think Dan it's okay. Kathy apologized, okay. didn't he? Or he like said he'd he's evolved like, his positions he, or something. Like in the same way Papa John apologized yeah. though, you know. Like, I th- I feel like it was more sincere than Papa John because okay. yeah. he did He was probably like He um, so at least in like at least Papa John's guy, John Schneider, can't say that he was like duty bound by his fundamentalist religion to use the n-word on a conference call yeah like jesus true jesus. <laughs> yeah true i mean he could try to to make that argument actually well I'm, somebody's I mean, going Ro- to in I mean, the next Jeff few Sessions months i'm sure talking about roman romans obeying the wise commands of the government yeah. so yeah uh yeah so the funny thing about chick-fil-a though is like you know growing up down south like chick-fil-a is everywhere mm. and it is the best fast food restaurant there's just it's it's not even close and then what was so weird whenever that whole like anti-gay thing came out is like they always had been overtly evangelical. Like they were, they earned a lot of points from people for being closed on Sunday. Mm. And there's like this whole like inside joke down South about how you like are craving Chick-fil-A and then you're like, I'm just going to go do it. And then you get there and you pull up and then you realize it's Sunday and it's closed (laughs) and everybody has that story. Everybody who goes there. But the other weird thing was that uh, down South, I mean, a lot of the like queer kids that I knew that wouldn't get hired other places because they were obviously queer in some way, they worked at Chick-fil-A. Like Mm. they were the people that would hire them. Mm. And so it was like, it was very dissonant to hear like, Oh, we're, you know, we believe this, we believe that it was pretty anti-gay message. And then like, know that like no i know you know gay lesbian trans people you can work for us for minimum wage you just can't get married yeah, yeah exactly yeah. well but the thing is they treated them well yeah. i mean they would yeah. they they treated people there are worse bosses to work for sure I guess that's a fair statement right? yeah I, so i don't know i i like think papa john like papa john <laughs> yeah papa john would be a bad one uh and then the other thing that's that's quite funny about chick-fil-a in hawaii is this is almost completely unknown uh, and i only know this because of prior work i had done in this small city so the Kathy family, Truett Kathy, is obsessed with Hawaii. Or I think he's passed away, but he was obsessed with it. To the point that like his hometown is called Fayetteville, Georgia. It's about mm, 45 minutes south of Atlanta on like a state road. 30,000 people, nothing going on there. Uh, but his family basically owns everything because they're wealthy and they bought up a bunch of the land. They built a specialty Chick-fil-A restaurant called Truett's Luau. And they serve Hawaiian food. Hmm. Like, really? I, yeah, they yeah. serve like... They serve like that. I think what I was told is they serve like a poi. They serve, um, I think they serve uh, Kalua pig. Mm. Like they they do it in an emu or I'm I'm sure they don't. They barbecue it. (laughs) They smoke it. For what it's worth, our barbecue is way better than you guys. But uh, (laughs) no, no real argument there. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Funny thing about Chick-fil-A, I think it'll do really well here. Oh, it's, it's going to be... Just like Five Guys, just like yeah. when, when Olive Garden finally makes it out here, these places are going to make a fortune. <laughs> it'll of be course, the busiest Chick-fil-A in the world. There's no space left in town, so like they all have to go far out into the burbs. Right, right, there right. There are big parking lots out there. I didn't know this. Yeah. Dude, you know, the they, they yeah. totally oh, yeah. could have come in town. So mm-hmm. the Chick-fil-A is, again, they're very conservative, and they're notorious for this. They have also, these like... Milani, then you have the advantage of being close to Schofield, Wheeler, that's military right. base. That's probably mm-hmm. a huge... And I, that's probably their biggest thing, but like Chick-fil-A, they're well known for like they want i think it's like two to three acres or something like that for their for their land because they put these giant parking lots in and 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 like they don't necessarily know how to do non drive-through parking lot oriented places so like in atlanta they tried to build an urban look they were wanting to build an urban location 
and like they're like we need three acres of land and the city was like we're not gonna we're not gonna help you guys out well i seriously hope that our city council feels the same way because yeah we cannot afford to speaking give of our that city many. council speaking oh, of our nice city segue. council and things we can afford or not afford <laughs> so they approved a bill that's gone to uh the mayor's desk um to give military homeowners who live in hawaii a property tax break now in addition to uh the, the housing allowance they get from the military the va home loans they get uh the, the pretty decent pay uh and general benefits that they have as well and i'm not saying where nobody is saying they don't earn those things can we please focus on the people who might actually need our help teachers why not teachers, teachers? i would love to give a teacher tax break yeah. yeah except you have to work in public schools that's fine yeah I think that's a fair, yeah. it's a fair rule. Was anybody like crying out for, oh, the military is so burdened by our property taxes? Or was this just like, you guys are more in tune with like, no, I mean, I, you're, it, you're on the street. What do you, to, in, in my mind, it kind of came out of the blue. I mean, it wasn't really, I didn't hear about it till it had already been voted on, which I think it was eight to one or something like that. I can't, I, no, I who to voted against? I'm we trying need, to remember. That's what you need to know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who voted against it. I can't. And I think this carving out of different taxes for different people, I think, is just not right. I mean, as we're looking at being a community, yeah. right, I mean, we could look at it and say, yeah, teachers, for example, we really value them. But at the end of the day, we all eat food. Should grocery store workers also be exempted from taxes? I mean, once you start playing favorites, you're just really going to end up in a bad place. So Yeah, but grocery store owners aren't, aren't, aren't homeowners, so not usually anyway. Yeah. Especially, like, like, if military people are, like, retiring out here or buying out here they probably also own a home somewhere else so mm. i don't know if this is doesn't apply to them because it's not owner occupied i don't know i don't know the specifics but it just seems like we just have other problems that need to seems, get addressed yeah, it yeah. Seems like seems like, like i'm totally priorities. down for putting that on the list yeah but it just doesn't need to be number one like yeah. let's talk about homelessness or like yeah. affordable housing or yeah, like, like isn't the city also Nate would love to talk about affordable housing also yeah. does the city really have that much money to give away with the rail keep like jumping and Agreed. tripling and doubling and Although I did see that from their like one-time GET raise, they made like double what they thought they would make, mm. according to Sylvia Luke, oh, good. chair so of the House Finance Committee. So they don't committee. even know their own math then. That's, yeah. That's, that's great. Uh, oh, and Oops. then so we accidentally collected twice as much as we thought we were <laughs> hey. going to. Continuing to speak about politics, uh, we have Doug Chin's new commercials out. He's, of course, running for Congressional District 1. Um, his new commercial about taking on Trump, uh, including multiple video clips of him at... Uh, you know, press sus conferences, suspiciously on cable news, defending the loss, tending up to bullies. It's, I, had, I had a feeling those lawsuits might come in handy. Yeah, I would say mm -hmm. they were suspiciously uh, created press conferences for issues that don't normally require press conferences. Uh, Doug Chen calls himself, quote, a career prosecutor for Congress. So he's not getting my wife's vote. <laughs> no. And also, like, if you're a CD1 candidate, why is every ad not taking shots at him for being a lobbyist for Corrections Corporation of America, the largest private prison developer in the world. Yeah. Like I'm feeling uh, sending, sending native Hawaiians, especially, but Hawaii residents in general, sending our sons and daughters to the mainland polls at about 0% popularity. Yeah. Yep. That's the easiest, like if you want points, just go after him mm -hmm. and like you'll get, and he's number two right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, depending on where you think Ed Case actually is based on that faulty star advertiser poll. More on this coming up in the interview with Beth Fukumoto. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stay let's tuned. see. And then finally, our last little bit of news, uh, Hawaii Senator Brian Schatz yeah. got a really good write-up in New York Magazine. We won't we won't spend too much time on this because uh, we're trying to get him to come on the show. We sent him an invite and we got a very nice generic form response. Thank you. Your message is important to me. 
So we'll see if that materializes to anything. But quick uh, quote, quick quote, because you know, shout out to him. He's he's talking the talk, walking the walk. He said, "Quote after Republican." This is from the the New York art, New Yorker article, or excuse me, New York Magazine article. After Republicans' 2017 tax legislation, the second-term senator said he and his colleagues no longer feel constrained by what he called the GOP's, quote, veneer of fiscal responsibility, which is about the best way you could describe yeah. conservative politics. Uh, and then later, when speaking about uh, morality in politics and how progressive positions are simply more moral, he said, quote, there's nothing radical about moral clarity, yeah. which is like... And he shouted out uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, too, yeah. right? Also, he's got yes. the strongest Twitter game of any senator right now. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's in. He, uh, from what we know, he does his own Twitter, which is quite impressive for a man as busy as him. So, so Senator he, Shots, kudos, buddy. If also, you're listening, oh, sorry, and he also writes a carbon tax bill, which he's a huge supporter of. So, uh, this well sounds done, like Brian. all things we would like to talk to him about. All things we'd like to talk about. If you would just respond to our email. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's all we've got. Oh, also, we need to talk to him about his uh, J Street speech and being like the one member of U.S. Congress who is like, hey, maybe we shouldn't uh, let Israel become a full-on apartment state. <laughs> <laughs> Which is basically us. Oh, you know, we're already there. Yeah. Hey. Who among us hasn't become a full-on apartheid state? More on that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> were we just talking about Montgomery, Alabama not too long ago? Exactly. We are uh, the we're Blue Hawaii Podcast. History does not always repeat itself, but it does rhyme. That's right. <laughs> we've got Nate Hicks. We've got Will Carone. You'll hear more from them next week. I'm Ryan Little. I'm Josh Michaels. And stay with us. Back in a minute with a Bicky Leak. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. It's time for... Bicky Leaks. This isn't about more of my mom's nasty text messages. Is it? No, it's not. Uh, so a Bicky leak recently uh, came some, a good one. Some hot gossip. A guys, juicy Bicky leak. Yes. I got two of them. Actually, the first one is the actual Bicky company yeah. has started to use the term Bicky leaks <gasps> for their news, and I'm like, they ripped mm, us off. They they probably came up with it on their own. You know what they say? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Uh, I, I am pretty sure they didn't because I know some people that work for Bicky, yeah. and I think I told them that idea. Oh, uh, that was your that was your first mistake. Well, I don't think they've trademarked it though, so get ready for a very serious trademark lawsuit, Bicky. Yep. Uh, that's Bicky leak number one. Bicky leak number notice. two. We were told yes uh, by someone who's in the know, who has personal uh, knowledge of the record of such events, uh, who has friends with quite personal knowledge, that a certain vice president who has had numerous accusations of, uh, shall we say, under his own uh, religious philosophy, deviant behavior uh, with certain people of the same gender, that that president was well known prior to having a public profile to run in certain Southern circles and had quite the taste for young boys. And not young boys as in pedophiles. We mean young boys as in like, young uh gay men so basically mike pence was cherry picking boys out to get it on with uh back in the late 80s early 90s according to our sources and they are very credible sources it seems like a lot of times the people who are most vocally opposed to something are more likely the ones to be doing it so yeah and they say where there's smoke there's fire and that smoke was was bubbling up from this fire yeah well in advance of the election. No wonder he didn't want women joining the military. Ruin all the fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you see Mike Pence, let him know. We're on to you. 
Y'all means all. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if he's just like, you know what? That is who I am. I'm getting a divorce and I'm going to live my life as a gay man. I'd be like, that's fine. Uh, please stop putting children in cages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's my Bicky leak for the week. Anything else, any, gentlemen? Any juicy stories you've been Any hearing? hot goss you've heard? Spill the tea. People are so excited to vote. That's what I hear. Yeah. People yeah. Are amped oh, up. yeah. Third and final Vicky League. Yeah. Vote. Vote. Yeah. Vote. Yeah. We've got uh, the, the other hot goss is that the, I mean, there's a, just an audible thrum on social media. Thrum? Uh, thrum. Thrum? T-H-R-U-M. That's a thing. A thrum? I'm yeah. Googling this. Uh, it's like, yeah. Use your thrums to look that up. Yeah. yeah. It's, like a, it's an audible thrum, thrum. Of, uh, of excitement for people who are eager to go to the People to the Polls event starting at 10 a.m. at Ala Moana Beach Park on August 4th, uh, Saturday. Not this not this Saturday. Today is uh, June 21st, Ju- excuse me, July 21st. That's two Saturdays from now, and people just can't get enough of it. Also, thrum, verb, to make a continuous rhythmic humming sound. So I... I stand corrected. So I, that's what people are. That's what that sound is that yeah. I keep hearing everywhere that I go. It's following me around. Maybe. Democracy, mm-hmm. democracy, mm-hmm. democracy, mm-hmm. civic engagement, mm-hmm. civic engagement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vote, uh, vote, vote. I don't want to brag, but I I got a a perfect on my SAT verbal. It's the Blue White Podcast. <laughs> that was your Bicky Leak. Eight hundred. Uh, keep it eight hundred. Back in just a minute with our interview with Beth Fukumoto. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Blue Hawaii. Aloha listeners, welcome to the Blue Hawaii Podcast. I'm Josh Michaels. And I'm Ryan Little. We are coming to you live from Beth Fukumoto's campaign headquarters in Chinatown at the Honolulu Office Center. You will hear a little bit of ambient noise. Uh, It is a Tuesday night in Chinatown, so people are out on the street partying, drinking, having fun. We're right above Encore Saloon as well, which has fantastic tacos and delicious margaritas, mixed drinks, and all sorts of amazing mezcal. But enough about them. You're going to hear a little revelry. That's all we're trying to say. (laughs) Enough about them. We're going to talk about Beth Fukumoto. She is running in the Democratic primary to be Honolulu's next representative in Congress. And let's tell you a little bit about her. She's represented Miliani in the Hawaii State House since 2012. She's the youngest person to ever serve as the House Minority Leader in Hawaii. And in 2016, she was the youngest woman in the United States to hold a caucus leader position in a state legislative body. She was awarded a James Madison Fellowship by the Millennial Action Project for her demonstrated success in transcending partisan lines, more on that later, and the Washington Post Named her one of the Fix's 40 Under 40 Rising Political Stars. How do we get on that list? I think we're, we're working on it, right? We're trying. We're All trying right. so hard. Beth, if you know anybody. <laughs> I'll work on it. Okay. Beth Fukumoto, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you doing? Good. You guys have good podcast voices. Well, oh. Josh has a great one. Mine, <laughs> I always listen to it. And I'm like, it's, I try to sound more engaged than I actually... Like, you just gotta be yourself, baby. I'm trying so hard, man. I'm trying so hard. I feel like my natural voice is so relaxed after living in Hawaii for so many years that like it sounds like I'm gonna fall asleep a lot of times. But I'm not. I'm you can tell I'm very wide awake. Yes. Yeah, you're alert. Thank so we're you. alert. We're alert. We're alert. We're here. We're eager to hear from you. We want to know your story. Tell us tell us about yourself. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, you just told everybody about me. That was a um, my bio always sounds more special than I feel. So, um, well, I, I got started in politics at the age of 25. I just got back from grad school. My plan was to be an English lit professor Ooh. and to live in libraries and never talk to people because I was super shy. Um, so for yeah. a politician, <laughs> right? some growing. Or, Weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the first time I had to knock on a door, I, I, I literally sat outside 
the on the street in my car and cried because I was just like I really don't want to knock on any doors today like this is the most terrifying thing but it's how you run for office I got over it but it was really scary well so you ran and then you won Mm -hmm. and then what happened uh, I got really used to talking to people, Good. first of all. Um, that was nice. Practice makes perfect. You're doing great right? now. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah you're I'm not crying. You or, weren't crying. Yeah. You're, you're like, barely crying. Yeah, no. right. Yeah, right, I see a couple slightly. of fear tears <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I won. I, I actually lost my first race. My first race was in 10, 2010. And I lost. I won my second race in 2012. Got elected. I think I was 28 when I got elected. Um, and was in a leadership position almost immediately. So there was a lot of growing that had to happen real fast. And then, so the thing that a lot of people know you for is that uh, you ran originally as a Republican, you won as a Republican, you served as a Republican, and then now you're not a Republican. What happened? <laughs> right. So so why were you a Republican in the first place is always like a big question sure. for people because I had a fairly progressive um, legislative record even as a Republican. And so for me, it was that when I came back from from school, as I said, it, I was graduating, I had my master's, or I, I was finishing my master's, which is finished now, just, it's done. I have the degree, I have it on paper. Shots fired, shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you put that information in your uh, campaign literature? <laughs> is it on your LinkedIn? It, you know what? Yes, now it says graduated. I, I did wait though, so what, I did uh, wait. Hawaii what, uh, <laughs> listeners, if you get that joke, that's a deep cut, and we're very <laughs> proud of you. Yes. You were actually named uh, by the Daily Beast in 2013, uh, one of nine women remaking the right. Yeah. And so just just get an idea of how much this country has changed since 2013. Back well, then, you were the face of it. Yeah. Well, obviously, I failed to remake the right. <laughs> Let's, you tried yeah. real hard. I tried. Yeah. And it, it was this sense I came back here, and I just I, I was working at the legislature, and just felt like the people that were in power, the establishment, didn't have the interests of average people anymore. And my understanding of the Democratic Party was that it was supposed to be looking out for people that couldn't find jobs, that had to live with their parents and couldn't afford to live, you know, outside by themselves. Like, and they're supposed to be looking out for average people. And it felt like the people in power weren't. And so I thought, well, maybe that means that regular people don't have a voice maybe i can do that in the republican party and that was the change i tried to make and totally failed <laughs> tried hard but failed <laughs> well it's it's for those we have a lot of listeners on the mainland who maybe don't know your story as intimately um allow me to summarize and and, and tell me if <laughs> i hit this even close to on the head uh basically the Republican Party nominated a virulent racist misogynist as its uh, nominee for president. And you said, hey, that's not a good idea. And they said, (laughs) get out of here. Right. (laughs) Yes. And I was having ongoing battles with the party already. I had saw I I had seen very early on that the direction that the party was taking was definitely way further right. Here here I was in Hawaii mm-hmm. trying to make the party be about average working families and having somebody finally stand up for them. And nationally we're talking about, you know, tax cuts for the 1% and and all these things that just didn't match uh, with the values I had. So I already had problems before Trump. Trump for me was just the manifestation of all the problems yeah. I had seen building. Yeah. And was it kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak? 
Yeah, I think so. That w- that was just the point at which I just said, "All right, forget it." Like didn't, this definitely won't change. Didn't you get like booed off stage at a major like <laughs> I did. party event or something like that I when you did. said he should stop questioning people on the basis of their race, and then people just sort of booed you down? Yeah. How dare you question, dear leader? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and, and so I had spoke up early on because uh, he had said Japanese American internment might not be a bad idea, uh, which is crazy. I mean, it's that crazy. is a bad idea, right? Yeah. It, and and someday maybe I will tell you all that story. This this all happened to me like in a bar in D.C. while I was actually talking to people about Oof. how Japanese American internment is something that happened, educating Republicans <sighs> who didn't know that. Anyway, and then Trump says this, and so I start speaking out. But yes, I did. I did finally speak out at the state convention and got booed. But I will say I did not get booed off stage. That's I good. stood there and took it for 15 minutes. That's a, that's very admirable. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. I mean, well, you don't want to let the bullies win, right? So, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So speaking of getting up on stage, uh, <laughs> you and the other primary candidates on the Democratic field for CD1, it's a huge field, six of you, uh, you had your first big televised debate. Yeah. How did it go? I thought it went well. Um, I was a little bit nervous going in. There were a couple of format issues that I thought, it, in particular, weren't weren't um, favorable to women. Sure. Um, Such as. Uh, for for example, I was concerned the the format where it was a free for all question. Mm-hmm. Um, it, studies show that if women interrupt men, particularly if young women interrupt older men, then they're looked at less favorably and they lose positive points. And so we had brought that up early on with Hawaii News yeah. Now, and they had basically said, okay, then you don't have to come. Whereas, so. like as as we saw in the last presidential debate uh, the man can like follow right. the woman around stage behind her back for two hours and she can't do anything exactly. about it yeah exactly um so you know we're we're obviously interested we were watching we're obviously interested in what our generation has to say when we speak on politics um and you and Kaniela ing uh, the two the two millennial candidates the two youngest candidates in the stage you kind of mixed it up a little bit uh so Stuart yurtson had uh, this write-up in civil beat uh, the format also gave the candidates the opportunity to ask each other questions. Ng used the opportunity to question Fukumoto pointedly about her state house record as a Republican voting against progressive positions on issues such as gay marriage, emergency contraception in rape cases, and allowing undocumented immigrants to get driver's licenses. Fukumoto shot back that she had been carefully vetted before being allowed to join the Democratic Party. I am the most fully vetted Democrat on this stage, she said. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah, well, um, and and... I guess starting with there are a bunch there are a bunch of votes that that I did have to answer for sure. things that he brought up some of the ones he brought up are actually not true that I just didn't remember he mentioned voting against renewable energy goals um, I supported that bill but um, in in the end but besides all of that I mean that that would take a long time to explain I think the greater point is that every single vote that I took to become a Democrat, Mm -hmm. they actually, the Democratic Party had to vote on my application. So when I left the Republican Party, I left without a place to go. And the Democratic Party, people in the party had said, we might not take you, heads up. If they, and it's the the Oahu County Committee that gets to vote on you. Mm -hmm. If they vote no, you can never run in the state as a Democrat ever again. That's the rule. So I would not have been able to be on the ballot if they had voted against me. But you what passed would their you test. have done? I passed their. I, I 
I don't know, <laughs> but I needed to leave, right? I mean, it didn't matter what I was gonna do because I had to leave. Um, so I passed their test after many, many interviews, talking through every single piece of the Democratic Party platform and anywhere where my, where my votes diverged from the platform, mm -hmm. I had to explain why. And in, in many, many interviews, it was probably over the course of, I think it was two months that we did this. Um, so it very much a full vetting. There's another interesting point uh, that got made in the write-up. While all of the candidates said they would educate their colleagues in Congress about Native Hawaiian issues, Fukumoto was the only candidate who said she would make federal recognition of Native Hawaiians a priority. Tell us about that. Yeah, I think... Um, Oh, well, I'm going to pull it back real fast because there was one thing about the vetting that I didn't mention that sure. I think is particularly exciting. Sure. It started off with people telling me outright like I was going to get voted down. The Oahu wow. County Committee was going to vote me down because they didn't want any more fake Democrats. And and so they, they had said, you know, you're, you're not going to you're not going to pass. Uh, yeah. Chances are you're, you're going to get voted down. It ended up being unanimous by the end, which which is why I say I was fully vetted and you I had to over. convince people. Yeah. Right. Um, so anyway, going going back to Native Hawaiian. Uh, federal recognition I was surprised by that article only because I didn't notice I was the only person that brought it up I I feel like that's such a serious important issue mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know why other people didn't bring it up is it you think maybe given everything we see in Washington right now and the prospects of any uh, race-based or ethnicity-based categorization is immediately going to be shot down by the Republicans as you know playing favorites from interaction blah 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 reverse racism all the other BS they throw right. around does that probably have something to do with it? Like I don't. It's I, I mean, right now, with with all due respect to to my other the other candidates, sure. I don't think any of us uh, people are not thinking through what's going to get passed a Republican sure. Congress, right? We're talking about jobs for, for all, the rich. like Medicare for all, right? Yeah. Like none of that's going to get through um, a Republican Congress. We need actual change in in the body for that to happen. So I don't think that would stop federal recognition conversations. I. I think maybe uh, I've made an I've made a concerted effort to talk to different interest groups so that they understand. So like people that are in the Native Hawaiian community mm -hmm. who are politically active and ask them what's most important to them before I spoke about these issues. And this one comes up all the time. Recognition is hugely important. So talking about you mentioned Medicare for all just a moment ago and talking about um federal recognition for Native Hawaiians, um, those are pretty progressive values. Mm -hmm. What would you say to the person that asked, well, what made you a Republican in the first place? Yeah, I think I think it was more of an anti-establishment decision. Um, that That's what I've, that's the only way I can explain it is when I came back here to Hawaii and just saw the establishment and associated it with you know, 50 years of power in the Democratic Party and an ultra majority uh, saying, OK, well, if things aren't getting better. Maybe that makes me a Republican that 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 wasn't logical. But at 25, I thought it was. <laughs> um, and I was just being anti-establishment. And with time, especially and, and what was exciting to me was in this last year, uh, I guess it's been two years now, seeing the Bernie movement, mm -hmm. seeing people rise up within the Democratic Party to say the establishment should not stay the establishment. It's time for change made me excited and made me think, oh, OK, this is actually what I was looking for. Just change. And so uh, one more follow up on that. Um, when you're saying you, you did have to answer for the various votes in front of the, mm -hmm. the Democratic committee um, with 
things that are like really hot button issues, especially under Trump, civil rights issues and things like that, like marriage equality, mm-hmm. um, any any number of other issues, including and up to like abortion and things like that. Um, how and why did your position evolve? Yeah, well, and I think the key for me is and what what becomes difficult with any of these one one issues is that it's a much broader when you're looking at you can say i support marriage equality mm-hmm. when you look at the actual bill and the process that that might be different that might look different i i'm i've always been supportive of marriage equality i absolutely believe that it's a right people should have but when i first got elected and the issue came up I heard from a lot of constituents who said, wait a second, like we we voted on this in the 90s. Mm-hmm. People felt like they had voted and put it on the ballot, which was always a mistake. We should never have put it on a ballot, but they felt like it was. They came back to me and said, how can, how can the legislature overturn the will of the people? And so at that point, I said, okay, well, that's a solid point, right? You you do have to represent the people that elect you. Sure. And, 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 you know, go on. Uh, just for our listeners and especially on the mainland, um, Miliani, but also you represent a lot of the, the military bases and slightly more conservative areas of Oahu too. Yeah. So, so when I was looking at when, when we were getting emails and all the feedback from people, it was 10 to one mm-hmm. against, um, which was disheartening to me. But, but I think for me, I was balancing and trying to decide what is the role of a representative? Is it direct representation? Is it populism? And at the time, that's what I felt like it was. I thought, okay, well, I have to vote with the people, not my conscience. And with time, I've realized what you do is you push back, right? (laughs) You say, no guys, this is why, because you're also supposed to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I just, that's not something I understood then. Um, and then it was compounded by the fact that there that that this was something the legislature had put to a vote, and that confused people. Mm. So um, I do it differently, though. I feel like that's the that that's the takeaway. Like like Maya Angelou says, yeah. when you know better, you do better. Right. Yeah. Right. So you, we just vetted you again. You passed our test. <laughs> um, Excellent. <laughs> so you know. Former Republican status aside, Mm -hmm. what sets you apart from the rest of your field? Uh, Is it platform, experience, personality, approach? I think it's a few things. So platform, we many of us are talking about the same things. I think that became clear in the debate last night. You know, we can all talk about Medicare for all. Uh, It's it's the ability to get it done, which Mm -hmm. is especially important. I think that I've shown the ability to work regardless of what the circumstances. So even when I was in the minority, I was able to move bills. I was able to get money for my district. And that's something that most people can't do. So yeah. so my ability to work to get things done, regardless of the circumstance, is important. I'm the only person that can say that they've done that. Um, I think the other thing that sets me apart is definitely that millennial perspective, that the, the age difference. You know, things are... I, I don't have to tell you guys think things are different. It's hard out there, man. Right? Hard. Yeah. I mean, it's, so it's rough times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and many people uh, our age are looking at life in Hawaii saying, I don't know if I can afford this at the quality that I would like to live. Um, and, you know, it. and I don't know if I should talk about this, but I will. Bring One on, of the things that, why not, right? One of the things that I found particularly sort of offensive during the deba- debate last night um, uh, Senator Kim got up and she said, I think, I think, or as the only mother on this stage, and she turned around and looked at me. And Ooh, yeah, like you're not, <laughs> and I went, like, 
Wait. Whoa. Right? What what, ha- what happened to the sisterhood, man? Yeah, I went, wait, what? Harsh. I looked at her and just thought, wow. It's blood sport, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and how out of touch. That's the only other woman in the field. But so by default, she just, well, how am I going to stand out? How am I going to differentiate myself from you, right? Right. Right. I'm wow. a mother and you're not a mother. And and I just thought, what? you know, like that. How? how Yes, go ahead. You have uh, a thought. We've, uh, you know, li- listeners, Google Donna Mercado Kim's son, UH Law School, and uh, you can hear about her motherhood experience. That That's was on we'll my say. list of questions <laughs> last night, and I decided to steer into, like, asking a question about the DMV and being funny, but I was going to ask about the law school. <laughs> so, yes, Google. Yeah. Yeah, so Donna, Donna looks, looks at me after saying, I'm the only mother on this stage. Rude. She turns around and looks at me, but... As I, and, and it really bugged me. And as I was thinking about it later, I just thought, you know, this is part of the generational difference yeah. Yeah. is understanding how difficult it actually is yeah. for for women and just and young people in general these days that are thinking about trying to have kids or, or the cost of that in Hawaii. I yeah. would love at some point to have kids, but You're truly six figures of student loan debt. It is. In, right. It's yeah. it's impossible. There's to no afford space it. for even diapers if, in your budget. If you are a recent immigrate to Hawaii and you don't have parents to live with, Mm -hmm. you just basically can't afford to have another person that doesn't produce income living with you. I mean, it's, it's just impossible. Right. right. Even, even in the the quote unquote cheap areas of Oahu, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even in living space, like even the extra $300 a month just for formula and you know like just the small parts and so I just it was just a moment where I thought wow like this is the problem is that the again I keep talking about the political class and the establishment they're so out of touch with what everyday Mm -hmm. life is now especially for people our age I think that's what sets me apart well speaking of everyday life what's everyday life like for you (laughs) campaigning all the time okay But when we're not campaigning, um, I really, I, I really enjoy traveling. Um, I try to do yoga every day. I've been trying to do it even while we were campaigning because it makes me more chill. Where do you do yoga at? At home. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I like to hide from people when okay. I can. <laughs> sure, that's fair. So I have YouTube Still videos. Still an introvert at heart. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Do you ever do yoga with Adrian? That. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's that's, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one I do too. She's like this like yoga teacher out of Austin. And like, she's the reason I can touch my toes now because I did yoga with Adrian. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody is drafting an email about our cultural appropriation and never mind. <laughs> that, that email is coming we're, to us regardless. We're on guard. We're it on comes guard. to us all the yeah. time. All right. So <laughs> there was also supposed to be a candidate forum on issues facing women and girls hosted by the YWCA and the Domestic Violence Action Center, also known as DVAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the forum was going to talk about issues including uh, hashtag me too, economic equality, education, family leave, access to health, and a lot more. Now, you called on your fellow candidates to work together and reschedule the forum and even offered to host the forum on Facebook Live at your headquarters. And you rightly said, quote, uh, between Women's March, Me Too, Time's Up, and women engaging in politics at unprecedented levels, it would be a massive disservice to the voters of Hawaii not to have a forum dedicated to these topics. Have there been any developments on this? And is the forum still a possibility? No developments. Last I checked, um, I I know various members of the media are trying to figure out what happened with the forum, and everybody's being extremely tight-lipped. We don't know why mm. it got canceled. It was canceled the night before. That's um, not good. Ooh. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> something 
something happened and nobody knows what it is except we were told it was not an emergency senator, senator senator julia kim, ran out of lobster rolls senator kim <laughs> called and said only one of us is a mother so oh my gosh yeah i mean i really i went through my whole list being like you know who did this somebody clearly doesn't want to talk about this yeah. but i i don't know yet here's another one uh the question of ethnicity and race mm -hmm. uh, and how it influences Hawaii politics sort of resurfaced in Civil Beat a few weeks ago. And you spoke out against it on your social media pages and shared a personal story. Now, uh, even though we are, we didn't just want to be two Howley guys talking about it. So we're glad you're here. <laughs> Would you mind sharing your thoughts on race and politics in Hawaii with our listeners? Yeah, you know, I think we, we talk about race in Hawaii in a way that I, I would probably get you in trouble in a lot of other states, right? So we know we talk about it. Matter of fact, fact of life, people people say like, oh, you know, we're not racist. We like, we make fun of everybody. It's like, right. well, that's, that's not true. It's actually a little bit racist. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Sorry, please. No, I mean, and I think that's that's how a lot of us were raised, right? To just think it's, it's funny and that's how you uh, interact with people. But I do think people sometimes vote by ethnicity, not so much because they're racist, though. I think what happens is pe voters tend to vote for people that they feel like represent them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's viewed as race, ethnicity, gender, geographic location. Are they from my hometown? So it's much more complicated. I don't think voters are just racist and voting on color. Um, but I was re recently very, very frustrated with the fact that people keep talking about Ed Case being the front runner in part because he's white and, and, and a man. I mean, nobody yeah. said because he's white and a man. They say because he's white. But but subtly in many different ways, we've seen that people also mean it's because he's a man. Yeah. But also like it to the the newcomer to Hawaii as I am. uh it does seem myopic to say that people here and nationally don't vote along largely racial and ethnic lines. So like, is there a chance that, I mean, is is the commentary that like, it's just disgusting that that's still where we are or is it a pushback against that commentary at large? I think, I, I, I do think that people people are voting for what for people, people vote for people that they think represent them. And if they see that as race, then yes, that's a problem. Because yeah. <laughs> um, it is it, it is sort of a narrow view as, as of we've who seen you are. Right? Nationally, as we saw in you know, November right. 2016. Right. And so it does happen. I wouldn't say it doesn't. Um, and, and there's still that conversation, right? One of the big things that people talked about when I got into the race was, well, she's, she's Japanese. And a Japanese last name in Hawaii goes a long yeah. way to or, getting votes. Or, right? a, or a, middle, a Japanese middle, middle name, name on your Facebook. Added right. well or later changing. into your political career. Right. Well, or when your name is Mark Ng for your whole life, and then all of a sudden it's Kaniella, right? <laughs> It's I, I people do change their names and other things. We see that in politics. But yeah, I, I think when people saw when people talked to me about jumping into the race, one of the things people said was, well, you've got a Japanese last name yeah. or you've got that magic last name. And As, and when people were encouraging you saying, like, this is a good asset, right? Right. It's it's considered an asset. And that makes sense. What what's always funny is because I'm only half Japanese. People will then say, but but do you get the Japanese vote? Because you're not really Japanese enough. And what's mm. so entertaining about that is it was the same thing with when people talked about Ed being the only 
white person in the race, right? I was like, wait a second, that's disregarding my mother, yeah. who's Irish from the Bronx, yeah. and she's very white. <laughs> BX stand up. Um, also, and you know, I, as a as a born and raised local Howley, and I'm feeling incredibly dumb. I did not realize Ed Case was full Howley. I always assumed he was Topper or something. Yeah, I. But, but I guess just, I never thought about it. I yeah. Guess for our for our generation, also like. <laughs> I think we have moved beyond that a little bit. In, I think so too. In the same way, like we don't feel like we have to self-sort. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I certainly don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being both is, and it's yeah. funny because it all happened at the same time as as Meghan Markle, and you know, there's finally yeah. a biracial yeah. princess. Hoppa, Hoppa and, is in right now. Right. You're, like all of a sudden, <laughs> your timing is impeccable. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed. Your first day in Congress, what? committees are you trying to get onto what are your priorities what, what are your what moves are you making yeah i think uh housing infrastructure transportation those are the those are my priorities um my first day in congress is locating starting to locate every single pot of money that there is for those three things i think that's what actually makes the difference in everybody's bottom line here in hawaii it'll make life cheaper more affordable um so and and that's that's hard work right it's something that we we actually have lost about 50 percent of federal funding in since since senator Inouye passed away really um and until we get somebody back in there that can fight for that stuff we are going to keep losing and the state state taxpayers are going to have to fill in that gap and that's why things cost so much we either can't fix our roads can't build new infrastructure can't improve housing or we have to pay more from the state tax you know the, the state funds unless we bring in more federal funding which goes back to why it's so important to elect somebody at an age in which they can build a long career um, and build seniority uh, we already asked what you do in your free time um, <laughs> and I gave a super lame answer no I feel like <laughs> no, you know staying, you're busy staying active yoga you're yeah. busy yoga <laughs> That's like the most millennial thing you yeah. could have said. Right? The other, the, Yoga with Adrian on YouTube. Yeah. Yoga with Adrian on YouTube <laughs> while I'm eating avocado toast. The other, the other key millennial hobby we want to ask you about, you know, we live in a golden age of television. Mm. What, what are you watching on TV right now? What am I watching on TV right now? I was, I just started binging the newsroom again. Okay. Aaron Sorkin, right? Okay. Yeah, See, in the part, problem with The problem with our on. politics is... The, the Republicans are committed to absolute power. The Democrats all watched a little too much West Wing growing up and are trying to pretend like it's model UN. Right. So. True. I like the, I, then I'm, I'm rewatching the newsroom in part because I like the speeches that he gives about how messed up politics yeah. is. Like Especially that right opening now. one. Right. Yeah. yeah. The opening one. Yeah. And, and America was never great. Right. And Which sent, seems so timely. Yeah. It doesn't it? Yeah. And then they, they have like Happy one about July, Congress. <laughs> right. Right. They have one about Congress and like how messed up it is that the Tea Party is taking over. Like yeah. I just. Um, but before that, it was Orphan Black. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Solid. My wife yeah. loves that show. Tatiana Maslany. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, give us one more. One more good one. One more good one. Gosh. I feel like I need to be really, really good right now, and I don't. I keep uh, New Girl was what I binged New Girl's before solid. that. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, New Girl a it's lot. It's a funny one. Who's your favorite character? Cece. Cece's solid. I like, and Schmidt. I like Schmidt too. I like Schmidt too. Yeah. All right, here's another one we ask everybody. This is a listener question that we keep asking. You're on a desert island. Don't mm. question the scenario. You get to take with you one book, one movie, and one album. What are they? 
Um, so book would be, I'm going to go with Kafka on the Shore by Murakami. Yeah. <laughs> or I say, you what's got the, your master's in English lit, right? English so lit, that's the yeah. fanciest name of a book that anybody's dropped so far. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit what it's about? Yes. It's about this, it's about this Japanese guy that is essentially like searching for himself. There's like random cats that show up places. Uh, there's... Love it so it's far. It's a yes. whole like searching for yourself type of thing. Searching for yourself and random cats is like that's like cats. Josh's life right do now. You have, do you have a lot of existential angst? Because I have existential angst and I have two cats. Then you would love Murakami. You have to read like all things is Murakami. That, is that he the guy who wrote Remains of the Day? No, he wrote uh, Wind Up. Oh, Norwegian Wood is probably his most popular one. Okay. It was a movie at one point. Um, Before or after the Beatles song by the same name after after okay but named after the beatles song Got yeah it. okay um, but anyway he has a he has like a really he has a couple of really good like passages passages english lit my, uh, my english teacher mother yeah. if she listens to this is gonna be like i am so disappointed you, you just son. won no you just won josh's mom over yeah yeah <laughs> excellent yeah <laughs> her son on the other hand like she's gonna make me do some reading there you go he he writes really well about like pain and suffering and like why it's good and getting through it and finding yourself. Anyway, it's 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 a really good book. Um, movie, yes, movie. right? Runaway Bride, interesting. Or Pride and Prejudice with Keira Knightley. Oh, my wife loves that movie. I think you yeah. would get along well with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she likes Runaway Bride too. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There was one more. What was the other album? One? Album. Um, and a good work around this is um, if you're stumped, uh, you can go with your favorite band's greatest hits album. Oh, interesting. But don't try for that don't one. Don't try though. for that. Yeah. No, no, no. I actually wasn't stumped. Panic at the Disco, oh, the first, the first one. album? Yeah. See, now you get my vote because <laughs> pop punk is the best era of music and I don't care what anybody says and there's no reason it should have left and what music's become since has sucked. You're a, Agreed. You're a, one, of your, one of your rivals in the field uh, and this shows, this shows the generational gap. Not that, and not that this is a wrong answer by any means, but mm-hmm. uh, Ernie Martin immediately, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like, oh. no, like no hesitation, That's nothing. Funny. I've never <laughs> seen Just anybody knew so it. confident. Just like, knew it. Yeah. yeah. Generation, yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 But two great bands. Yeah. Yeah. Panic at the Disco's first album was a masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. 2005, I think. They struggled a little bit. After that, they're yeah. I think they've all kind of been like so so since, but yeah, that first one, yeah. whoa, it was good. I, uh, I think I can name one Panic at the Disco song. I can't name the song, but I could sing it. I mean, okay, they all had like very like <laughs> like super emo titles. Yeah, like everything back then did. It was all like the whole album may as well being coded does, in does black this, eyeliner. Does your choice of Panic at the Disco tie in with the existential angst of the Murakami novel? Yeah, I sound really angsty, don't I? But Except very, Runaway Bride. You said it. For our generation, it. it's very right. relatable. Like, there's a lot to be angsty about. It's and tough time to be If our us. representative in Congress understands that... C- if you can't can relate to our angst, what can you relate to? Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Do, do I think, like, does Mitch McConnell relate to my angst? I don't think so. Probably not. I don't think so. Cocaine Mitch? Cocaine... <laughs> <laughs> He could maybe use to work through some of his angst. He's got it. It's just like buried. It's all, and it's it's all like it's coming all out in saved in the, the tension in his lips. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just, that's where he stores all his in, his in his incredibly pursed steel curtain lips. Now, um, let's from which curses on the poor <laughs> constantly emerge. Um, key question on anybody's everybody's mind right now. Okay. Uh, what do you think about LeBron to the Lakers? <laughs> I'm happy for him, 
because I want him to win okay. something, but he's leaving again, you know? He's bailing again. It's weird to say that you feel that you're happy for him because like he's making $164 million or something like that. That's I'm happy true. for you, LeBron. For you. <laughs> That's true. You like, deserve it. Somebody pointed out, you know, like since, since this, this, this dude from the age of 15 on has been in the national spotlight worldwide microscope mm-hmm. from 18 on, he's been basically getting paid like a million dollars a week at least, more than that now, has been with the same same woman, you know, good father to his yeah. kids, never did drugs, no arrests, yep. no incidents, no, no nothing, family man, we know of. has sent like a hundred plus kids to college, yep. paid paid their whole way. And he yet, seems like a good dude. And people are still like, well, he's not as good as Kobe. And it's like, no. No, he's totally good. He's, he's way better, better than, than Kobe. Kobe. Yeah, I mean, people Kobe. are hating on, people always hate on people that are really good at things, yeah. but he seems like he's been responsible with talent, yeah. which is hard. Not everybody does that. No. Now, who who would you say is your favorite example of somebody who is irresponsible with talent? Ooh, solid question. Hmm. Lindsay Lohan? Mm. I have to question what Strong. talent that was, though. Like, Another, I, I'm not like, sure. Mid 2000s pick. Yeah. You, like, could tell, you could tell, like, your we all formative have the same years. formative, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> right? No, I'm pop digging culture. It, it yeah. was between Britney Spears and Lindsay Lohan, but I feel like Britney Spears is trying to bring it back. Britney, so. Yeah, she, Britney Spears has done a good job coming back around. Right. You know? Right. We've, got, we made, we've almost made the full loop. Lindsay Lohan is still somewhere like out there. Like, yeah, we don't know where she, yeah. she like picked up that weird accent for a while. Did you guys see that? No. Yeah. She like now yeah. she she said she's been living in Greece for a while, and so like now her accent is like this. It's like the equivalent of like a white guy permanently speaking in pigeon here, but he's like not from here. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. and it's bad. It's like a bad accent. Like it's like that's not anything. It's yeah, like, it reminds me of a friend, a mutual friend we have, uh, who I won't name, who will who loves to remind people of. His time studying abroad. Yeah. And, you know, taking the lift up to his flat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. So, um, fun okay. fact. Yes. I saw Britney Spears twice in concert right after uh, two elections ago. I went to Vegas immediately that's after the election. That's a weird way to memorialize it. Two elections ago. Yeah. Two elections that's, ago. That's, yeah. That's, poli- that's how politicians think. That's though. awesome. I like to disappear like right after the was election. Was she good? Yeah. She was. So I went to just see her one night. And then I bought a ticket for the next night. She was that good. Run it, it was run it great. Back, maybe let's do it. It was great. Uh, yeah. so, so you know, uh, last question. I know we've we've phrased we've we like to we like to say every question is the most important question, but this, but is, this, tru- truly, this is truly the most important question. We ask every single guest for a restaurant recommendation. Um, hmm. Where is your favorite place to go eat? It's tempting to say Chinatown right now because judging by the music, it the, vibe, is, the right? vibe is pretty yeah. good right now. Yeah. Um, so you can say, and we we've we've opened this up, and just like the just like the desert island question, we have to give people more parameters to help them get through it. Um, you can say in CD one, you could say your favorite restaurant on the island. You could you could divide it up like if you have a friend coming into town who doesn't know too much about Hawaii. If you've got a date night, like what your date night go to is, you can be it could be anything. But like listen, listeners, this is where Beth Fukumoto thinks you should go to eat. Thai Village in Waipio. Okay, what do you yeah. get? Um, I get the Penang curry and shrimp. Well, sorry, beef Penang. I I feel like I need to be specific here. Um, or, and chicken pad thai or shrimp pad thai. That all sounds delicious right now. Yeah. I'm going to eat Thai food for dinner. 100% guaranteed. Now I need to go eat it too. I'm going to go to Cyan Garden on Wailai. Yeah. It's also dope. There you go. Do you, do you commute, um, from Miliani every day to China? Yes. Okay. So, oh, so YPO is on the way at least. 
Sort of. Sort of yeah. ish. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. where do you go in town? If you're, where do I you're go down in here town? late, where are you going? I went through a JJ Dolan's chicken wings phase mm. that was pretty intense. Was okay. Probably once a week for like an entire legislative session. And since you're our first millennial <laughs> candidate, uh, long day at the ledge, where you grab a drink? Square barrels usually because it's close and okay. lazy. Okay. Yeah. What do you drink? I I like that they have a lot of beers on tap. They I was like the old Rasputin for a while. Okay. I'm a big fan of stouts. Mm-hmm. So oh, old Rasputin makes a pretty popular oatmeal stout, I believe. Yes. That's uh. Yes. It's solid. It's solid. Okay. I need a good milk stout, and they don't have milk stout, which is frustrating. Mm. I recently went to Germany. This is side side note. I recently went to Germany and um, for five hundred dollars, by the way, and they don't sell milk stouts there because mm. they call it not real beer. It doesn't fall under the German beer law, yep, right? They yeah, they say it's not yeah. real beer. Interesting. It okay. bums me out a lot. <laughs> we go to Square Barrels a lot. I feel like if anything, that shows that you're slightly older than us because I remember I was at the very end of the dark beer is cool to drink phase, and now it was like. That's what I was drinking, and my yeah. wife was on the front end of no IPAs are cool, and so I haven't drank anything that doesn't hop my tongue to death. See, I hate, I can't stand IPAs. I, <laughs> I do not like IPAs I started, at all. I actually yeah. like OG like dark beer. Basically, I went dark beer, basically either really dark or really light, nothing in between. So <laughs> you like you had a Bud Light before the show. I had a Bud Light before the show. There you go. Uh, Newcastle Guinness or some sort of Hefeweizen or or. Bud Light, See, or that's, Heineken Light, or, so Fat Tire would be like my go-to every day. That's yeah. the one I want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Belgian beers in general. Yeah, and but yeah, IPAs are not my thing. I've been to, new, to the New Belgium Brewery in Colorado. It's awesome. Their nice. food's really good too. Yeah, nice. Uh, it's just the right. Like I need to go to actual Belgium mm. and have actual Belgian oh, beer. But for by, now, like, like in a monastery, right? With the right. From, like, for the now, like I'm yeah. okay with Fat Tire, but. Yeah. 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 Belgian, Belgian stuff. Uh, do you like Chimay? You ever had Chimay? Mm-mm. Okay. Did you check it out? Well, we could talk about beer and alcohol for the rest yeah. of the show. <laughs> yes. Uh, another, another facet of being a, a millennial weird direction. is oh, that you like to drink because life is hard, but <laughs> let's give you the final word on, uh, if people like what they hear, if they like you, if they want to get involved, if they want to donate, how do they do that? So uh, getting involved, probably easiest thing to do is to just go to my Facebook and find all the information there. My website is there too. We're doing live AMAs. So we're setting up, I'll post online that we're, we're setting up somewhere and people can just come and ask me questions. Um, I'm going to do a Reddit one too, but I'm doing live AMAs um, to try to get people more engaged so people can just come up to me and follow me on social media, yeah. find me um, and ask me whatever questions. I feel like the most important thing we need to be is accessible that's, and authentic. That's, that's why you know? we're here. Yeah. We've asked you some, we've asked you anything. <laughs> that's true. Thank you. Yeah. And if they want to donate, how do they do that? Same thing. BethFukumoto.com. I have an ActBlue account. Just click the donate button. Done. Run through those steps. It, it takes a while. It just does. But it's worth it. Yeah. There's no like text to donate function, which I really wish there could be, but there yeah. isn't. But but once you sign up with ActBlue, you can donate very, very easily. You're not, or you're, use Apple Pay. You're not getting those uh, Koch brothers checks? That's what I hear. You know, I, you're still you're still a secret Republican. Is I, what I heard hear. that. I was just like, they're sending the checks to the wrong place. Clearly, which you know, we could use yeah. some money, but not their money. If you do get a Koch money. brothers check, will you please pass it to us? Please, yeah. we need so <laughs> much money. No, we, we got all that Soros money. We're fine. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, we're there liberal. There you go. So we get, there you go. Yeah, all of our all of our haters are crisis actors. Yep. 
All of our fans are crisis actors. Everybody's a crisis actor. A millennial actor. is a crisis actor. <laughs> Beth Fukumoto, Blue Hawaii Podcast. Last thoughts? Anything you'd like to say to the folks at home? I mean, I want to say just make sure you vote for me. I think we, I think we really may need to get a new generation in politics. I think I'm the right person. Burn it down and start over. There you go. <laughs> Beth Fukumoto, Blue Hawaii Podcast. Blue Hawaii. Oh.